Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, the Prime Minister admits he's worried as Quebec's plans to reopen the economy move ahead. I understand the economic pressures we're all under, and I understand how much people do want to go outside. But we need to do it in ways that we are sure are going to keep people safe. Could we see help for seniors announced this week? We have introduced measures to support seniors, including a supplementary GST payment for low and modest income seniors. We've reduced the minimum RIF payment, uh, RIF withdrawal by 25%, and we've made the CERB available to working seniors that have lost their jobs due to the COVID pandemic. We know there's more work to do, and we'll have more to say in the future. And Aaron O'Toole calls for a reckoning with China. Talking about a serious uh, review of of the relationship with China and a serious uh, re-examination of how that relationship is working. It's Monday, May the 11th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by CPAC's executive producer, Peter Van Dusen. Peter, thank you for being with us. Hi, Mark. Good to talk to you again. We're at a really important juncture in uh, the recovery from the coronavirus crisis or the early stages of that recovery uh, because we're going to start to see now um, uh, major changes in Quebec, including kids going back to school and some businesses reopening. Uh, What do you expect this week as we start to see some of these moves being made? Uh, The Prime Minister on the weekend was talking about how he is worried about what will happen there, not suggesting that he thinks Quebec's doing the wrong thing, but that he'll be watching watching closely because obviously everyone will be there's there's cause for uh, there there is some risk in this and so therefore there's there's cause for concern and anxiety i think yeah i mean what do you think we'll see mark i mean we would, wouldn't be able to see it all because we can't be inside every health office and every political office in the country but i suspect what we're going to see is a whole bunch of fingers crossed uh, Quebec acknowledges it's taking a, a big risk. Even their own health officials last week said, look, we, we know it's a big risk, but we we have to balance restarting the economy with concerns about, about COVID-19. And Quebec continuously makes this case that, uh, you know, this is largely now a, a problem in long-term care homes and with uh, elderly uh, residents of Quebec and that it's a big problem on the island of Montreal. But outside of that, they say they've got it under, under control. Um but, you know, I think most people watching it think it's a giant gamble, and every province, I'm sure, is watching it. Clearly, the federal government is watching it and worried about it. We'll know within the next, uh, I would think, 10 days uh, to two weeks whether, you know, Quebec made the right risk call here and things fall in their favor, or whether this turns out to be a, a terrible decision where they start... Uh, you know, having a, a, a big surge in, in new cases, a big surge in, in infections, even off the island of Montreal by reopening the schools. And I think that's what everybody's watching to see. You know, other provinces don't have, you know, nearly the risk. They're not talking about uh, reopening schools right now. And they have far fewer cases, far fewer infection rates. And here's the province of Quebec doing this. So there's a lot of ifs about about this plan, and everybody will be watching very closely. And the thing that, you know, I'm watching for, and I think what we want to watch for from the federal perspective, if it starts to look like it's not working, uh, what will the prime minister do? Uh, will we hear more about the Emergencies Act? Uh, yes, he's watching, he's nervous about it, he's worried about it, but... Uh, we may see those questions this week. Okay, what are you going to do about it if this starts to go wrong? And his answer may be that we, we have every confidence in Quebec's plan in terms of 
managing a problem if it if it goes that way because they've said look we're watching it closely if it starts to backfire we'll shut it all back down again um, but that may be harder to do once it all once it all starts and once the infection and a second wave hits and if sure. it hits because of they reopen too soon what's the prime minister's position going to be on that there are still pieces of this the, of this puzzle, uh, the response to the coronavirus crisis that are not yet filled in. Uh, I know people have been waiting for some time for some measures to support seniors. There was talk last week that those might come into effect or at least be introduced by the end of the week. That didn't happen. There are other uh, organizations and, and sectors of the economy that are asking for help. Uh, are we going to see any movement on any of that this week? Well, we're certainly going to be watching for that because... Uh, we're well into it now, two months in, into this, and uh, some some of the relief measures were quick out of the gate, but some of them have not been as quick. And those that uh, in, in some of the sectoral uh, support, sectoral supports, uh, you know, uh, have been met with dissatisfaction. The 252 million for farmers, they wanted 2.6 billion. They're not happy. Uh, some aid we've already seen for uh, the oil patch and the energy industry and the Prime Minister has promised more, and people are waiting to see that. Uh, help for airlines, help for seniors, as you touched on. So there are still a number of uh, different uh, constituencies that have made a case for help, and the Prime Minister's promise to help is coming. I get no sense in, in talking to government officials or listening to what the Prime Minister has to say that suddenly the taps are being turned off. If anything, it sounds like it's more of a challenge of on a couple of fronts, uh, exactly how to design programs for sectoral groups and how to design programs that, A, push money out the door uh, to different groups, but also meet uh, some of the political objectives of, of uh, the Liberal government as well. So we saw some of that in the Prime Minister's most recent comments, that whatever help comes out to sectors is going to be about all about workers and not about sort of fattening the bottom line for, for companies. It's not going to be a... Uh, bailout type thing for companies it's going to be help along the lines for workers and their families and uh, as i say not 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 corporate handouts but helping people and helping workers there's been a lot of talk and debate about what to do at long-term care facilities and seniors residents going forward uh there uh the ndp leader jagmeet singh was also saying uh, perhaps they shouldn't be in private hands anymore. They should be government-run in the future. The employment minister has talked about training unemployed Canadians to work at some of these facilities during the crisis. Uh, do you think that there is going to be, coming out of this crisis, more scrutiny and perhaps even major changes to long-term care residences? Well, one would hope so. I think that's what most clearly... Can you? This is one of the saddest chapters in all of this market to watch, and it you don't see any kind of a let-up. Day after day, uh, deaths in the hundreds of, uh, you know, uh, beloved family members in, in nursing homes across the country. Again, it's a, a significant big problem in, in Quebec in particular and and in, in Ontario. And, yeah, it's ignited uh, a debate. And I don't, I don't think the Canadian population, uh, you listen to the different interest groups talking about this, they will not be satisfied with a return to the status quo when this is done. This feels like, um, you know, many decades of watching these federal provincial discuss. This this feels like uh, perhaps a defining moment in healthcare in this country. Once we come through this, is is going to be okay? Look, we need a real serious serious conversation as a country about how do we feel about uh, the elderly in this country? How do we feel about? 
the final years of, of care for them? What are we prepared to do uh, as a nation to make this, you know, make this better? Does it have to be? I mean, well, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm fascinated by the thought of the debate because there's so many possibilities here. Is it, does it simply have to be a, a publicly run system? Is that the only way this can work? Or can there be uh, stronger public rules? For instance, all the experts have talked about how four people to a room in these uh, care homes uh, helps push this spread along and and cause a number of, you know, the inability for, for these long-term care homes to get control of this simply because uh, in many ways of the, uh, the way the, the structure is and how many people are in a room and how, how the, 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 you know, the care homes are laid out. So does it have to, can, does all of this have to be handled by the public sector or can it be uh, rules designed uh, by a country that say, okay, it's never going to be more than two people to a room or at the, at the earliest sign of a, of a, uh, of an outbreak like this in a nursing home, these things happen, whether you're private, whether you're public. And again, the big piece that we're seeing now is one of the key discussions in terms of trying to get a, uh, people into work in these homes is wages. Um, do those two things go together? Do you want the ultimate in care for the people you love at the end of their lives? And do you expect to get that from people you pay the lowest salaries? Another topic that I'm sure will be discussed a lot emerging from this crisis is Canada's relationship with China. And on the weekend, Aaron O'Toole, the Conservative leadership candidate, was talking about revisiting that relationship going forward, uh, talking about a reckoning that has to occur with China because of the coronavirus and how it started and and uh, the lack of transparency in the early days of this crisis. Uh, what do you think about O'Toole's comments and, and where the debate will go from here? Well, I think we need to know more. Aaron O'Toole is talking about, as many uh, people have on uh, across the political spectrum, talking about uh, a serious um, review of of the relationship with China and a serious uh, re-examination of how that relationship is working and whether we need to, uh, you know, uh, step back from it somewhat. That's what he's talking about. I'd like to know more what he means. He's talking about caveats in the relationship and he would uh, revisit some of the rules of that relationship, but he hasn't been clear on exactly what that means other than he would press harder uh, for a seat for Taiwan at the uh, the World Health Organization as an observer. Canadian government has pushed for that as well and then sort of backed off. Um, so yeah, he, he's one in a train of, of people that that want an examination of exactly what role China played in all of this, what they did or didn't tell the West, and uh, what that means for the future relationship. Can you know when you're you're talking about trade programs, you're talking about international relations, you need to be able to trust your partners, and that's a great big question mark uh, in this country now for Canadians and the relationship with China. It's the same for other countries as well. So. Uh, There'll be, I think, a broad discussion about this, and Aaron O'Toole has weighed in, but uh, I'm not, I'd like to know more what he means. Uh, he would put caveats in the relationship. Would he actually cut it off? Would he actually walk away from any conversations around trade? Would he shut down the relationship with China? Uh, I'd be interested to know how far he's prepared to go, given uh, where we are in that relationship. It's in a tough a tough patch, obviously, and still Canadians being held in China. So uh, let's see where that debate goes. All right, Peter, great to have your thoughts on all of this today. Thank you. All right, Mark, great to talk to you. We'll talk again. That's CPAC's executive producer, Peter Van Dusen. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. 
In the Toronto Star, Jamie Watt cautions against leaders taking a bounce in the polls for granted. Watt writes, In every crisis, leaders benefit from an effect that political scientists call rallying around the flag, which occurs during a crisis when voters are reluctant to criticize their government and instead give them the benefit of the doubt. The common error leaders make is to mistake this for enduring support after the event. The challenge will be to continue to remind voters of what they liked about what they saw during the crisis as the hard, grueling, unrelenting work of recovery continues. In the Hamilton Spectator, John Malloy argues, there is no quick or cheap way to fix our long-term care system. Malloy writes, COVID-19 has shone a light on some of our society's worst injustices. Our long-term care system is a prime example. There have been promises of quick action to fix the system. But does everyone fully understand the enormity of that promise? Addressing all the needs of seniors' care will cost billions and billions with little end in sight. Fixing our post-COVID-19 world will entail a lot more than simply demanding action from government and turning our attention elsewhere. In the Montreal Gazette, Josh Freed considers the silver linings of our pandemic lockdown. Freed writes, There are many positives in this strange experiment that's transformed our lives. With less traffic and industry, the air and water are far less polluted. Crime is down almost everywhere. And most families are dining together three times a day for the first time ever. Here in Canada, it's been the worst of times for the economy, but the best of times for relations between Ottawa and the provinces. It's a reminder that in a pinch, we can count on big government, not big business. Will these lessons remain when COVID-19 finally disappears? Let's hope we remember the best things we did. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. Here's CPAC's Martin Stringer with a look at two pending developments involving COVID-19 hotspots. Mark, one of the hotspots will obviously continue to be Canada's long-term care homes. It will be interesting to see if there's any follow-up on this weekend's comments from Employment Minister Carla Qualtrough, who mused about creating a training program to help get more unemployed Canadians to provide assistance working in long-term care homes across the country. Now, this comes as Canadian Forces members continue to channel into Quebec and Ontario. In Quebec, there's still another 200 Forces members to be deployed in long-term care homes in the province. But that's still, if you believe Quebec Premier Francois Legault, a long way from meeting the province's needs. He revealed last week that there still is a shortage of 11,000 staff in those homes. The other hotspot continues to be Canada's meat processing plants. The cargo company has had to close a second meat processing plant. After temporarily shutting down its largest plant in High River, Alberta, and reopening it last Monday, a second outbreak has hit the cargo plant in Chambly, south of Montreal. That plant has been closed. One of the differences, though, with the Alberta case is that the union representing workers in Chambly says it does not fault the company, and it feels that the company is doing all it can. Nevertheless, concerns are real, and the company is trying to disinfect the plant, and it has promised to pay workers while they quarantine. Thanks, Martin. Also today, the Prime Minister will speak with the media to update Canadians on the coronavirus situation, and Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchet continues his virtual tour of Quebec. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Monday, May the 11th. Tune in to CPAC and CPAC.ca throughout the day today for coverage of the coronavirus crisis. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.